Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Abundantly Successful Show, the show for conscious entrepreneurs who have the deep desire to turn the passion to a successful and thriving business, all while making a huge impact in the world. I'm your host, Kay Sanders, also known as the creator of possibilities. And today we have another fun interview, a fun topic that we're going to be talking about, which is living an abundant life through monetizing your divine genius. I mean, how cool is that, right? And our guest expert today is Chris Miles. He is the cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Also, great, t- great title, right? So without further ado, let me introduce you to Chris. Hello, Chris. Thanks for being here. Great to have you. It's such an honor, Kay. Thanks. Oh, no, definitely uh, looking forward to you know, picking your brain. But before we dive into the content, why don't you share with us a little bit like who you are, what you do, and my most favorite question, why you do what you do? Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, what I do is my company's Money Ripples, which is creating a ripple effect of freedom and prosperity through people's lives and throughout generations of time, right? So you know, I'm all about creating freedom and prosperity in, in people's lives. And, uh, you know, I started out, I actually live here in Utah nine months out of the year in the U.S. And then the other three months, I go anywhere warmer. <laughs> so nice. <laughs> I snowboard each winter and take, you know, take my wife and a few of my kids, two of my eight kids usually go with me. And, and uh, we got eight between the two of us. We're a, we're a blended family. So we're like the Brady Bunch, if you remember them. But, but uh, we oh, had wow. a because there wasn't enough room for Alice, you know. <laughs> nice. So that's keeping you busy too, huh? It sure is. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I probably have a busier home life than I have work life. I only work like 10 or 20 hours a week, but my, my home life definitely can get busy. Oh, wow. So yeah, we'll definitely go to talk about that too. But you know, like, you know, why do you do what you do? I mean, that's really the one question I like to ask, you know, a lot is like, you know, cause I mean, I think the why is really what determines everything. So what's your big why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, it's really to raise hope, you know, to get people above and beyond the standard to raise that bar in their life, to not live a mediocre life a life of truly of freedom and prosperity, something that is a life of abundance, something they can actually appreciate and love, you know, and, and do what they love and, and, and be with those that they love. I mean, that's really why I do what I do. And that ripple effect, that's what I'm here to create. And, uh, and if I can help create little mini ripple effects in other people's lives, that just spreads across the world, you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I love that. I think like, you know, even if we can just impact one person, that person can then impact someone else and someone else and someone else. So yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. But let's kind of talk about, you know, like in the title, it says divine genius. So let's start with that. Like, what exactly does that mean? What is a divine genius? You bet. So divine genius is really like, uh, I mean, you've heard people talk about zone of genius and things like that, you know, but it's really about taking your God-given gifts, like taking the gifts that you're, that you have and use them to bless other people's lives right? Like how do we take the best of who we are, our passions, our strengths, our talents, and all of our abilities and express it in a way that blesses them. And of course the natural law is that dollars follow value, right? And so when we talk about monetizing that divine genius is because the easiest way to to create more money is to create value and that the natural exchange of value is through money. And so, so be able to do that and you may not get paid for it. I mean, there's ways you can use your divine genius in all roles of your life. Um, in ways that you get paid and ways that you don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you ever you know, noticed anyone that actually resists finding out their, their genius and actually making money with what they love? Because I mean, that's one of the things that, you know, like I work a lot with the, with the Lightworks, the, you know, the conscious entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. oftentimes I hear like, well, I can't charge for what I love to do. I mean, I'm so good at what I do. I love helping people. How can I really charge for that? I mean, have you ever come across that? Yeah, um, more so in the like Christian space. You know, like not so much with, with other people that are just normal everyday people, but people that are like really like think that they have, you know, these gifts from God 
but they're like, yeah, but I can't charge for that. Like these are, this is a, you know, something from God. It's like, well, how in the, I mean, <laughs> why else would people pay you? We don't pay you for what you suck at. We pay you for what you're awesome at, you know? So of course you're going to use those gifts. Like, and so I have to sometimes bring the common sense, you know, back to earth and say, no, come back. Like, you know, this is, this is what you're here to do. Like, yeah, you can make money doing that. But in fact, what, why are we, why do we believe that we have to do something we hate to make money? I mean, who taught us that really? I mean, mm. that's just a ridiculous concept to think that we get to struggle and suffer and just, you know, destroy our lives in the pursuit of money. That's mm. dumb. Like mm-hmm. we should be doing something like money should be a natural byproduct of doing what we love, you know, and doing something we do really well that, that people want us in their lives. Like they, they know that they exchange money because they say, well, how can I get more of your time or more of your, your talents? How do I get more of that in my life? I mean, that's, that's all it really comes down to. Because I mean, like if we actually would do what we love as a job, we wouldn't have a problem taking the money from our employer, right? So no. why do you think is it such a big difference, you know, doing what we love as entrepreneurs and, you know, requesting money for, for us versus, you know, working what we do, you know, having a job doing what we love and actually just getting paid from the employer. So do you have, can you like give me some, some, you know, your insights on that one? Yeah, there's a difference between freedom and security right? Like most people go do a job for security, you know, and, and you think about like security, if you want to look for the best place for security, go to prison. I mean, they have <laughs> maximum security facilities, right? Yeah. You know, they give you three square meals a day. They tell you exactly what to do, when to do it, when you can go to the gym, when you can go outside and play, when you have TV time, when you have to go back to your cell, when you sleep, when you eat, everything. They dictate your whole life. And when you work for an employer, it's kind of like that, right? Like, you know, you're like, okay, they're going to dictate my pay. They're going to tell me what they think I'm worth, which really, by the way, if they pay you at X dollars, they believe you're worth more or they would never pay it. You know, and the reason you accept that money is because you believe you're worth at least a penny less or you would never accept it either. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so when all of a sudden it comes down to you making that determination to say, Hey, now I want to charge for my, my gifts and my services and those sort of things, you know, then people get all tripped out because they think, well, you know, what should I be charging? Especially because I love, I would do it regardless of the money which duh, I mean, I do too. Like I've actually been able to retire twice. You know, I, I don't have to coach a single person. I do it because it drives me every day. It gets me out of bed. And of course I'm going to charge for that time. Like you should, like there's, there's a huge benefit for both parties when you do. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's hard for people because they, they, they don't want to choose freedom because freedom, it means more responsibility. Freedom means that you got to actually take charge and accept the good and the bad. Where if you're in a place of security, you, you kind of just relinquish it. You become a victim to circumstance. You just say, hey, you know what? This is just the way life is. This is what they'll pay me. And this is how I work. And it's a very different feel. And, and so you got to untrain your brain to go from security to freedom to really have that prosperity and, and abundance. Hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. Like one thing I would like to kind of just touch on, you kind of like just touched on it like really, really briefly. And I think it's very important that we draw that out. As like you mentioned, like, you know, it would have some like downsides, like if you don't charge for what you love, because I mean, especially like in the, in the service industry and in the coaching industry, or, you know, those type of industries, uh, I believe we do a disservice to our clients if we don't charge. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I mean, mm-hmm. like I know, I mean, I had like, when I first started out, I really barely charged, you know, cause I mean, you know, startup coach, I didn't think I can actually charge for what I do. And I had a client, I only charged like $50 an hour. Well, <clears throat> you also saw the, the, the effort that she put into the work compared to someone that pays me a thousand dollars a month. 
So, I mean, can you maybe, you know, go a little more into detail on that? You bet. It's, it, it's funny because I played with that first because in 2006, that was the first time I was able to retire because I realized I had streams of income coming in that I didn't have to work anymore, which was weird. I was only 28 years old. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up, so to speak, right? So I'm in this place and, and I'm trying to figure it out. And, and people kept coming to me because I was able to retire, but I kept it really quiet. I wasn't marketing or anything. In fact, when people asked me what I did, I'd say, because I didn't know what to tell them. I didn't know how to tell them what I did. So I just say, um, I sell drugs. <laughs> just to buy time just to make them laugh they're like no no really and it buy me time to think of what the heck do I do like I don't know like you know I'm making money from referrals a little bit and some things from business streams and but it was kind of hard to describe right and um and so it was funny because people came to me and they said well I I just feel like there's something you have to teach me like they called me out of retirement right it's every time I try to retire people keep calling me and pulling me back out and um and I think part of me is me pulling me back up because there's that drive to serve, right? And, um, and I remember the first time I was like, cool, I'll do it for free. And when I did it for free, nobody took action. They're like, oh, that's amazing stuff. And then they did nothing. I'm like, I just wasted time. And then I started charging like 500 bucks. And even then they wouldn't take action. And ironically enough, the more I've charged people, the better the results they've gotten. And, uh, and I think there is something about that. Like when you have skin, when somebody else has a skin in the game, they're exchanging with you. Um, and there's a great book called, um, by Rabbi Daniel Lapin called, um, thou shall prosper. Um, and he actually talks about, it. he talks about the Jewish mentality around money. Right. And, uh, and he actually talks about that concept that when you give money to people, it's actually saying, thank you. It's not saying, you know, you better do what I ask. Right. It's like, thank you. Like there's an exchange where both parties are like, thank you. We need this. We're exchanging for something of more value than what, than what we're exchanging. Right. And so I think there's something that he said that, you know, when you get people to pay, it does them a huge service because now they're like, I'm committed. I'm going to make this work. And they typically do. And not saying charge, you know, a hundred thousand or a million dollars or something like that, but charge what you feel like is just right for your market and also for what's good for your time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And I mean, you know, it, it is really true that, you know, the more you pay, I mean, I know whenever I paid a coach like over a thousand dollars, oh, I did the work because I'm like, hey, that's a lot of money. Every time I made hit that payment button, you know, I had that, that flinch like, oh, that hurt. But then I actually did the work and I got a lot more out of it than if I worked with someone where it wasn't as painful, you know, so, you know, I like that you that you explained that. But let's talk, you know, let's go back to, you know, divine genius. I mean, how can we really figure out what are our, you know, I like to call them divine gifts, you know, but what, how yeah. can we really find out what are our divine, you know, genius, you know, and how can we really, you know, figure out, you know, what to do with that? Yeah. The genius is made up of really three main components. It's your, your gifts, your passions, and your values, right? Um, I mean, gifts like your talents and things like that. What are your strengths, you know, and we can talk about that a little bit too. Um, passions is huge. Because I've noticed that when I'm passionate about something, my gifts amplify and they grow faster. Like when I did ballroom dancing, a lot of people don't know this, but I was one of the nation's top amateur ballroom dancers in the U.S. And, Interesting. Uh, <laughs> now this was this is almost 20 years ago, about you know 30 pounds ago, right? Um, okay. <laughs> but still, like I was one of the top dancers, and it's funny because I started dancing when I was 18, but I was competing against people that danced since they were like three or four, right? Like the kids you see on these talent shows. I was dancing against guys like, you know, men and women like them. And, uh, and the reason I was able to catch up so quickly within really about four years of training mm-hmm. um, is because I wasn't afraid to teach. 
Like I loved it. And like, I had so much fun doing it where for them, it became like a job for me. It became fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and part of those gifts, and that's where it comes back around to gifts is like those amplify the gifts more, right? Um, gifts, I mean, ways to find those it's a lot of times you look for common threads in your life. Uh, one of the easiest exercises to have people do is, is pull people like just ask people like the people that not just people are closest to you, like family and friends, but, but even people that are acquaintances that maybe have had a first impression about you. Just ask them, say, Hey, what are like three or four things you notice about me that makes me unique? And it's funny because like when they tell you what it is, they're basically telling you why they want to pay you money. <laughs> you know, interesting. Because like a lot of times people come up with some of the same stuff. And I've noticed that people have known me my whole life compared to people that only knew me for a few months. So they often said the very same things because your genius is already in you. It's already there. You just have to uncover it and then figure out how to amplify it, how to like keep focusing and, and putting intention towards it. Right. Um, so like for me, a teacher was a big one and it wasn't just being a teacher because there's lots of teachers. Right. But it was how I taught. Like they're like, you kind of bring it down to this common sense level or you know, you use, you know, you really got to use a multimedia to kind of share and show things and things like that. And, you know, and, and, and just little clues they brought in helped, helped it, you know, just that one little aspect come out, you know? And, uh, and so looking for those gifts, um, there's also great tools such as things like, you know, strengths finders out there. You know, if you heard of strengths finder, um, there's uh, Colby, I've used Colby, like K O L B E.com. They've got a really good test, um, similar to disc. If you guys have taken the disc profile that you can go to Tony Robbins site and take that one for free too, but they all, they all create clues. I mean, my wife and I, even when we did this training, we even talked about like human design, which is a a certain type of uh, process that's out there um, that talks about some of your unique ways of doing things too. So um, I look for all of it. Myers-Briggs, I I look at personality stuff, right? Like everything that makes you unique. Like one thing I learned from the Myers-Briggs is that, you know, I have the same profile as Walt Disney. You know, I'm, I am, I am the ENTP, which is the inventor. So you're always trying to build the better mousetrap. Um, and that's funny because even with ballroom dancing, as well as in business, it was always like tweaking stuff, like, like perfecting and, you know, and messing things up and then, you know, messing it up and then doing it again and keep experimenting until you finally get, create this work of art. Right. Um, and that's kind of how I've built my process. Like you're more of an innovator, you know, where some people aren't the innovator there's, they've got other gifts too. Um, I also, I've noticed now here's a, a bonus. Uh, some people, when it comes to their gifts, sometimes they, uh, they have a hard time seeing them. Right. And I'm sure you've seen this too. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, they're like, I don't, I don't know what my gifts are. I don't know if I have any gifts. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, what do you, what do you think you stink at? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, like for example, like, oh, like what are your weaknesses? And they're like, someone will say, oh, I'm so stubborn. I'm like, cool. Well, the flip side of the coin of a weakness is a strength. So if you're stubborn, that could also be determination, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to flip that around or someone would say, you know, I'm horrible at speaking. Well, great. Are you a good listener? Yeah. And, uh, and I have a lot of people that will say like, yeah, but how can you make money listening? I'm like, I don't know. Just like everybody. <laughs> if you're a coach, <laughs> if you're a consultant of any kinds, you're a counselor. I mean, there's lots of ways to make money listening, even in sales. So the best salespeople are listeners. So don't tell me you can't make money with listening. You know, like there's a lot of ways you can do it. So it's just one aspect, right? So um, there's a variety of ways to find your gifts. But uh, the biggest thing is just finding them, being aware of them, and then turn the volume up on those. Well, one of the things that I, you know, came across a lot is like, I mean, a lot of the, cl- the clients that I work with, you know, also the, a lot of the listeners, they are the, the conscious entrepreneurs that have that spiritual gift. And a yeah. lot of the times what I have seen is that, 
you know, they're resisting those gifts. They're resisting really implementing, embodying those gifts, like becoming their gifts and really taking that. And, you know, even what you just said, you know, like, you know, listening, you can be a good listener if, you know, you're not a good speaker or whatever. But so that's a gift. But, you know, I've seen many times where people really resist embodying those gifts because guess what? Then there's a possibility you could become successful. I don't know. Have you ever experienced that? Yeah. Um, you know, so if like for me, like when I started on this journey of really discovering my own gifts, um, this was back in 2008 and, uh, it was kind of new and it's funny because like in business up to that point, like I kind of struggled different times, even though I had retired, right? Like I really struggled on, on attracting a lot of people, right? It was always one-to-one and, uh, and, and I guess if you were to describe even my early days in business, I was pretty vanilla. Like what do you mean? I, don't have a, I don't have a vanilla personality, but, um, but I was trying to imitate successful people. You know how everybody says you got to imitate successful people and just do what they do. That's bull. That doesn't yeah. work. You know, like you got to, you, you can't imitate people because you're not them. You can't be them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I learned that for myself is like, Oh, I got to be me, which is unique. Like, you know, I'm the weird guy that had six wisdom teeth. Now only five wisdom teeth. I'm the guy that, you know, that, uh, you know, quotes, random movie lines or TV shows and weird quotes that just come out of me. Like, like it's a conversation, right? Like I'm that weird person, you know, and, and letting that personality and that those gifts come out is exactly what get people to endear to you, especially when you stop caring about getting people like you. That was one of my biggest challenges, by the way, was that. Um, and, and I remember this is in 2009. I was just starting to discover some of these things. And I got a meeting with, with some corporate executives and these guys owned a company. It was like a billion dollar company. And uh, somebody got me a connection and said, hey, I got you a, a, a nice little 20-minute meeting with two of these partners. And I thought, cool, because I was going to talk to them about you know, personal development stuff and maybe integrating that into their network marketing company that's, you know, again, got millions of people in it. And, uh, and I remember sitting out on the couch, and, uh, and my palms just started sweating like crazy. And I started realizing, like, what the heck am I doing here? Who am I to like, show up and talk to these guys about, you know, about what I can offer, right? And in that same moment, a voice also came to me too, you know, that, that, you know, that voice that we always have to listen to, that whisper, right? That mm-hmm. said, you know who you are. You know, yes, you know, they've got, they're amazing, but you have your gifts too. You know, mm-hmm. they're incredible, but you are as well. Go and exchange with your brothers. Mm-hmm. And, and then finally I started to relax. The, the palm sweat stopped a little bit, you know, and they took me up, you know, eventually they called me up to go up their Willy Wonka elevator up to their, their floor and stuff like that. And, and we had a great meeting, had a great time. And in fact, that 20 minutes turned into over 45 minutes, you know, and, and I learned great things and I, I know they did too. So, um, I mean, that's the cool thing is that that power, that personal power you can receive when you step into that genius, when you step into that understanding that they have their genius and so do you and just go and exchange with people. Mm-hmm. And it's so much of a cooler world when people do that. They're just willing to step into that role, you know, or step into those those gifts and those passions. And I believe then you're also uniquely yourself. I know for me, like, you know, people, they always talked about, you know, the way I talk, I talk very fast. I'm German. I stumble over my words. Uh, you know, even like when I first came to the States, like the way I talked was very monotone. So people always said, you sound rude. Someone even told me I should go do, um, you know, work with a speech coach. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> no. Because you know what? That's what makes me me. And I want people to like me for who I am, not for who they think I am because I'm faking who I am, right? Exactly. So I think, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, like especially in the beginning stages, they do 
so you know, quote unquote, model those successful entrepreneurs and be more like them. But then they're really, you know, shadowing who they are really. And I mean, that's really what sells, you know, you being yourself is what sells is what gets people attracted to you. I don't want people to work, to work with me just because you know they perceive me as this super successful coach. And, you know, it's this person that I model. I want them to work with me for who I am. And I think that's like really, really important by you let, you know, stepping into your gifts. Now, how can really like, once you really, you know, uncovered your divine gifts and you say, you know what, I am going to embody those. I mean, how is that going to affect your business? You know, the, the, the impact that you can have in the world and, you know, also the success that you can have for yourself. Yeah, it's everything. Um, I mean, like I said, people pay you for your gifts, not your weaknesses, right? Mm-hmm. They want to pay you for your genius. You know, I want to pay people for their genius, right? I mean, that's, if you can imagine a world where everybody would exchange their geniuses and do those things and stay in their lane, it's incredible what you can create. And by the way, when I say genius, there's a difference between your, your divine genius and your roles, right? And this even includes businesses too. Because sometimes people think like, oh, well, my mission in life is this business. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> You're okay. much bigger than that. You're much bigger than that. You are, your, your mission in life, your, your divine genius will apply to every single role that you play in your life, whether it's as a, a mother or a daughter or a friend or a neighbor or a business owner or whatever it might be, right? Like all these things has to do with who you are and how you show up in every aspect. In fact, the best way to practice your divine genius is to practice it even outside of your business. Just be you and be that best version of you possible. And, uh, and so how does that show up in business is that as you practice that, it becomes second nature. You just start to show up that way. And when you start to show up that way, people will see it. They'll catch on. They'll say, I don't know. There's just something about you that I, I feel like I need you in my life. I need whatever you have. I mean, I was shocked. Like, um, and there's different ways to market too. I mean, there's different voices that you can use. Um, and when I say voices, I mean like um, some people are better with video mm-hmm. while other people are better with audio. And other people are better with writing or with the written word, right? Um, and you got to find kind of like what's your little thing that attracts people. Are you more charismatic where people are sucked into your videos? Because if not, maybe that's not your thing. Because mm-hmm. I remember people telling me, you got to do YouTube videos. Like, yeah, but I don't really care to. You know, like that's not my thing, you know? Now, my wife loves videos. She'll do Facebook Lives and do all that kind of stuff. And people are sucked in. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got that, that kind of uh, charisma type of, of character. But for me... Like I do podcasts, like people hear my voice and they trust it. Like I can't tell you how many times people have like messaged me or called up and said, Hey, I don't even know what you do. I just feel like I need to hire you. <laughs> well, that's a good way to a good way of marketing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, that's why I actually started focusing on that. I realized cause they're like, yeah, I just, I heard your podcast show, you know, like I have a, a show called the Chris miles money show. They're like, I heard your show and I just felt like I needed to reach out to you. And they're like, what do you offer? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, all right, well, that's random. Let's, let's see what the heck you need, I guess. Cause it may not be me. It might be somebody else, but at least I could connect you to somebody. Right. And, and, uh, but that's kind of what showed up is that as I started to find that, I was like, Oh, my voice is the thing that catches people. It's not so much my writing, not, you know, not so much like blog posts or Facebook posts, even though I get decent stuff with that too. But for me, it's been the voice, mm-hmm. you know? 
this is the voice. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, just let me tell you, you're still doing very good on video too. <laughs> well, thanks. You know, you gotta, you gotta make sure you don't stink at all of them. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, one thing like, you know, at least that's how it happened for me was like, you know, initially it was the same thing. I should do more video. I should do more video. I'm like, I don't want to, I think for me, it was more like the fear of actually talking in front of people, you know, the whole public speaking, but uh -huh. now like for me, sh things have shifted. So now I actually enjoy videos. So I actually looked at videos, like whenever I record myself and then I watched it, I'm like, huh, that's pretty awesome. So I'm actually listening to myself. So I think that says something, right? <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. Usually I never listen to my own stuff, but sometimes I do. And I'm like, Hey, you know what? That's actually pretty awesome. What I said. So I think, yeah. you know, you also shift the, as you grow in your business, I think you, the, the way you share your content might also change. And I think, you know, one thing that I like to talk about is like, you want to do something that is in alignment with who you are, not so much like, well, this person is doing a podcast, so I should do that too. Uh -huh. Or this person's doing video, I should do that too. But if it doesn't really feel right, I'm still going to just make it happen. I just, you know, push through the, the pain. And I believe you really got to find the voice that matches who you are within that is really in alignment with you. Cause like what you mentioned, like with your wife, she, she has that, what do you call it? Charisma. Uh -huh. And you want to be able, I think in order to draw people in, you need to have that and you need to use that outlet that really draws people in. I mean, you got someone off of your podcast that just reached out to you. It's because you had that. So you did something that was in alignment with who you are rather than, well, I think I need to do that because that's what everyone else does. Right. Yeah. It's, it's about really it is about all about alignment. It's aligning with who you are working the way that you want to work, not how somebody tells you to. Like I had people telling me to do events like every single month, right? They're like, you got to get that lead flow, that funnel going. So every month do an event. And I remember that year they told me that I'd already done six and burned out. Plus I was going through a divorce, which is not fun. Right? No. And so <laughs> that's another aspect of burnout too. And so I remember going through that divorce. I rechecked everything because I ended up going from like 50 plus hours a week of work down to five that's all I can manage. Oh boy. I, was, I just managed my clients and that was it. And that was like, wait, my business is still here. I'm not dead. My income dropped definitely, but you know, not, not by a 10th, you know, like my work hours did. And so I rebuilt and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do, you know, six events. I'm not even going to do 12. Like I recommend I'm going to do three. And I made more money that year than ever. And now, now I do like two events a year, you know, and I do it from my home and I try to, I don't do mass market at all. In fact, I try to tell people to not come. <laughs> yeah, I try to be more so is that your secret to marketing? Don't come it, and then a lot of people come? <laughs> there's a reason I'm an anti-financial advisor. I'm also an anti-marketer, right? And, uh, uh -huh. it, and it works. Like it, actually, if you do the opposite of what a lot of people tell you, especially if everybody's trying to all do the same things, I usually try to run the opposite direction because if everybody looks like little carbon copies of each other, I want to be different, right? Mm -hmm. I want to stand out. And, uh, and that's partly my personality too, but I think there's something to be said is that, you know, you want to do it your way. Think something that aligns with who you are and how you operate and work. And it really takes time. Like you said, like it just takes time and effort to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and, and then really focus on figuring out what people want you for. Like what is most valuable to them? Focus on the problems that are out there that you hear complaints about that's not being served and how you can uniquely use your gifts and your passions to, to fill that, those, that need or those problems. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, like, for example, early in my business, you know, when I became the cash flow expert, it's because I was going through my own crap, right? Sometimes your mess becomes an awesome message. Yeah. Um, I was, I went from millionaire to upside down millionaire. 
you know, and I had like, I was negative $16,000 each month. So I was in the hole, 16,000 bucks where I had to fill, figure out how to fill in that gap. I had no money, no savings left, no credit available, and I was avoiding bankruptcy. So I couldn't just wipe the slate clean. I was trying not to do any bankruptcy, right? Which I successfully did. And, and I was supposed to be teaching Bill how to get out of the rat race, <laughs> which felt like I was out of integrity. So I changed my message. Instead of telling people how to get out of the rat race because I was back in it, I started saying, because people come to me in this, and this is during the recession, right? And so I, people would say, I wish I could pay you. I just can't find the money. And I'm thinking in the back of my head is, my situation is worse than yours. I bet you I could find the money if I were in your shoes. So I told people, if I can help, I'll help you find the money, would you pay me? They said, well, yeah. Like, great. And so I started that way. You know, and that's how I started out. And like when people, I find creative strategies to free up cash because I had to learn it myself through personal experience, right? Not to mention I've been working with clients already for years. Um, now I was able to c- create some cool strategies. People are like, whoa, you found an extra thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollars a month. Like this is awesome. You know, it's like, yeah, cool. Tell your friends, you know, that kind of thing. It's so <laughs> built from there. Um, and then eventually as I got out of the rat race, then I was like, cool. Now I teach people how to do that again. And so like you said, like things can evolve and change over time not just your methods, but also your message too. Mm-hmm. Even though my message still has an underlying theme, which is around freedom and prosperity, you know, still uh, the way I go about teaching it and doing it. And, and then the, even the unique market that I focus on specifically that I call out subconsciously so that those people reach out to me and say, I don't know why I'm even talking to you, but I feel like you're the guy for me. And then they're the perfect client, right? Mm-hmm. I don't even have to sell them because it already is like, yeah, you're exactly who I serve because I, con- so I consciously and subconsciously attracted those people. Mm-hmm. So it's all about alignment. Everything's about alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing like, you know, one thing that I, you know, I kind of want to point out as well is like, sometimes, you know, the, the struggles that we're going through is exactly what we're here to do to actually mm-hmm. help other people. I mean, there's so many people, they, they see those, those struggles, those dark times of their lives as something that happened to them. That's like, you know, that, yeah. that, that big, you know, dark thing in the corner and, but, you know, I like to look at more like th- those things are happening for you, because if you look at it from yeah. the point of view, what, what can I learn from this? I mean, even like probably from your, your divorce, I'm pretty sure you have learned some valuable lessons from that, too, that you could probably, you know, pass on to other people. But I've seen a lot like they, they, they really complain about their story. You know, they're so stuck in their story instead of saying, hey, you know, this stuff is happening for me because it made me a better person. It maybe even helped me uncover some more of the gifts that I never even knew about. And guess what? Yeah. Now I can use that to bring it to the world. I know for me, it's like I keep, you know, developing more gifts and more gifts and I keep telling the universe, slow down, I need to catch up. <laughs> but uh-huh. it's, you know, like I think those things are really happening for you because you have that bigger purpose in life to help people. Yes. You know, and I think it's like so important for us to really be open to that and then really allowing that to become part of us so we can then make a bigger difference. I mean, you used whatever struggle you had to help other people and then you went back to what you did before. So I think that is super powerful. But now how can we not really bring it down to like, how can we create an abundant life without, you know, overworking ourselves? (laughs) Yeah, really like what I referred to or kind of hinted towards um, that, that divorce, you know, that was like my, my second big life turmoil. Right. So like, you know, going a million dollars in debt, that stunk, you know, that was 2008, 2009, <laughs> not a fun time. Um, but the next hardest one was for me was 2000, was it 15? Right. When I went through that divorce and, uh, and it got me to strip away. And so like, so if I would go back to that moment again, when I was working five hours a week, um, I started getting to the point, I'm like, okay, I can't keep doing this forever. I got to rebuild. 
And so I remember my inbox was just getting super full because I was ignoring my emails, right? Like, and all that stuff. So I started with my email inbox, you know, and got through that. And, and I started to really ask myself, I said, what are like the most productive activities I could be doing? Because, you know, I was going to like the National Speakers Association and I was going to networking events and different educational events and, you know, and doing, you know, who knows what. I was blogging and doing this and this and this. I mean, everything, all these little busy type mm-hmm. of, of aspects that, yeah, they're, they're doing, bringing different aspects of business to me. But they were spending a lot of time, I was spending a lot of time doing it. And so I, I really cut it down. And so if you've heard of Pareto's principle, the 80-20 mm-hmm. principle, right? Um, I went for the Pareto's principle of the Pareto's principle. I went for the 80-20 of the 80-20, which is more like the 496, right? Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so even with my clients, I'm like, well, who are like my best clients, like top 4%? And you can start with the top 20 and then narrow it down. But I went to like, who are my top clients that I've had? What do they have in common? What are they like? How can I put all my attention and, and, and energy towards that? versus towards trying not to attract what I don't want, right? Like, or people that are taking more energy and that really, yes, I can serve, but they're not who I want to be serving. Mm-hmm. And I started honing in there and I was like, okay, where are these people? All right, well, they're not at any of the networking events I'm going to, so scratch that. I'll save like five plus hours a week and, you know, plus travel time that might be like 10 plus hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and started just doing all of that and just rebuilt. And, and when I realized I can, I can have a very successful multi-six-figure, even seven-figure business at 10 to 20 hours a week. I was like, cool, this is awesome. And uh, it was just about paring down just like what's really the essentials. So for me, in my own personal schedule, using my gifts, my genius, and combining with what we talked about earlier with your unique way of presenting that message, for me, I basically coach and I do my podcast show. And I finally increased the podcast show to twice a week because I had too many people say, I already binged all 200 of your episodes how can I find more? It's like, ah, no. And, and then more people that were great for me to interview too. I was like, oh my goodness, I've got good people. So, you know, um, I had to like, you know, if I'm going to have an interview, might as well have me too. And so that's what I did. You know, I was like, okay, let's do that. And I focus on that. And I do very few live speaking gigs anymore. I do like, I only have like, like two main ones that are like keynotes. And then one that I do is a mastermind four times a year. And that's pretty much it. That's all I do. Everything else I do from my home and just, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's very simple. So I simplified. I even, my, I eventually my VA had to, had to quit, you know, plus she had her own business she wanted to do anyways, but, you know, but she was down to like four or five hours a week, you know, herself. So. <laughs> wow. I want your business model. <laughs> it was just about simplifying and paring it down to just what's essential. Like what is like, just like your own genius, right? Like I could try to do, I, I, I was the kind of person that was good at a lot of things, but not at, but I wasn't like exceptional at anything. Right. Um, but now I use that gift because yeah, I can do lots of things, but I now leverage other people. So I have like in the financial world, right? Like I could, I could sell all kinds of different financial products, but I don't like, I'm like, Nope, I'm doing the strategist role. Cause I can see the big picture and I would do that really, really well uniquely that other people can't CPAs, let the accountants do their thing. Let the attorneys do their thing and all that kind of stuff, investment people, whatever I farm it out to them. And that keeps my life simple too, because now I'm leveraging their genius and I'm staying in my lane and I let people pay me for that. So basically simplify and focus on those income producing activities instead of the busy work. Exactly. If you were to yeah. pare it down in like from five minutes down to five seconds. Yep. <laughs> 
Well, you know, I think, you know, it's just like, you know, really, uh, you know, pointing at that, that I was good. I mean, <laughs> how many people are really, you know, even like the audience that are listening. I mean, how many of you are actually spending hours writing blog posts, going on mm-hmm. shows, doing this and that, and, you know, working on your website. And, exactly. You know, I mean, there's so many things that, you know, people just do to stay busy. So they're looking like, mm-hmm. they're, oh my God, they are so busy, but are they actually productive? Uh-huh. Right. And I mean, if you are in business, you kind of got to make money. You kind of got to, you know, have clients, right? So if, you're, if your calendar is full with all this busy work, where do you fit in those clients that actually could, you know, help you, you know, downscale your business like you did? Like not downscale exactly. from the amount, but just, you know, that, that, you know, have more like a freedom, more freedom in your life and more abundant life because you work less, but higher price, I'm guessing, right? Yep, exactly. And actually my price is even lowered. <laughs> in the last few years. Okay, so, you really have an interesting model. I think I need to talk to you. <laughs> again, anti, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but but again, I'm about efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I also pared down my time with those clients too. So I found ways to cut down costs and cut down my time so that we're both happy, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they get results faster, which is always a good thing, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'll tell you, like I, you, what you, you mentioned, like sparked something for me, which is, I think the key is, even if you're starting out, because when you're starting out, nobody knows what you do, right? Mm-hmm. For me, I've been doing this now for years, and, and over time, people follow you, and you build relationships over years, and to the point where they finally say, I've been following you for four or five years, now I'm reaching out, right? Mm-hmm. And now I feel I'm ready for you. Key with this is own it. Like, own your genius. Like, just don't show up from a place of ego. Don't come from a place of like, I'm better than everybody else in my industry. Don't do that even if it's true, <laughs> don't do that. Just come from a place of like, hey, what I do, I'm awesome. And yes, yeah, so what they do, they're awesome. Because I'll tell you, my wife was actually my competition. Oh, interesting. So when I broke, so when I broke out and created Money Ripples about six years ago, um, I, I told, you know, I, I broke from another company where I had a non-compete. So I had a, a kind of an uphill battle because I had to cut out all my relationships. So oh, I started wow. a new mar- with a new market and he said, well, what market are you going to do? I said, the market that you hate women entrepreneurs in Utah. <laughs> cause he's, he's basically, he's all about liking, you know, working with men and stuff. So I'm like, I'll do women entrepreneurs in Utah. Cause I know you hate Utah and you hate women entrepreneurs. So that'll be my lane. And, uh, and I went, that, and I went into that space and there was already a few other money people that had been talking and teaching for years in that space. But I kind of came in a little bit with guns blazes. Like here I am. I rock. I'm about cash flow, And again, it was about simplicity. Like just saying, here's what I'm about. I don't have to tell them everything I do, mm-hmm. but it's just like, I'm about cash flow, you know? And now it's just like, now it's like, I, I get you out of the rat race. I help get your money working for you. So you don't have to work so hard for your money, period. You know, like that's it. Like if you can say in one sentence, what you do and just own it and say, this is where I excel. This is where I'm amazing. I don't know anybody that does this like I do. And you stand out. And when you stand out in the marketplace, like it's so easy. Like I, I got people asking me to speak that didn't even really know what I did. They just heard through reputation, mm-hmm. you know, plus I was like building relationships. I was building more friendships. I wasn't just trying to be like, Hey, send me business. I was like, I want to build long-term lasting relationships here in this group. And so I kind of just infiltrated, so to speak within there, did some lunches and things like that. And next thing I know within months, you know, I got from a place where for six months, maybe I made 10, 20 grand. But then the next six months, I made a hundred, right? Um, and it wasn't it wasn't hard because I came in, I owned my space and owned my genius, and and that's the thing. And, I, and I'll tell you, and even during that whole time, I had a two month 
spell of coughing <laughs> because I was so self-conscious because I was putting myself out there speaking all the time. So it wasn't like I was flawless and like, here I come to save the day. You know, like it wasn't like that. Like I was just, you know, I was doing that. I had all my self doubts and, but I still press forward knowing my genius. And eventually, you know, as I started to find myself more and find my voice and everything else, self doubts went away. I started being me and people started liking me even more. The more I got comfortable with being me, the more they liked me too. So I didn't I have to be it. like anybody else. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. And I mean, it also, you know, brings up your, and I mean, I know like in the beginning of stages, like, I, who am I? You know, I don't have the self-confidence to go out there, share my message. But, you know, like one of the things I always like, you know, tell, and actually that's I, one of the videos I did as well for my solo show is like, you do got, you got to get out there and just, you know, be who you are and share your message. And then the confidence will come, the opportunities will come, everything will start to just flow once you step into your own purpose, into, you know, your, 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 you know, like you said, you're your genius and you know, just be who you are. And, you know, also like what you said, like, you know, own it, but more from a place of, you know, being of service rather than like, Oh, I got a big yes. hit. You know I mean? I, I know I have my superpowers. I like talking about my superpowers, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to come from a place like, you know, I'm better than you, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's, it's so important that you really own. It. And I love how you mentioned that. And I think we could talk about this, you know, for hours. And I think we're kind of coming to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, tell me, like, if anyone would like to reach out to you, how can people, how can people find you? Where can they find you? How can they find, find out more about you? Yeah, I mean, you can go to my website, moneyripples.com. And, uh, and right there, there's even a free ebook, Beyond Rice and Beans, Seven Secrets to Free Up Cash Today, which is basically what I did to free up cash for myself to go from, in the, you know, in the hole, 60000 in the hole of a month to then prospering. So, um, in fact, the average person that I've worked with as a client has found about 35000 a year using those same things. So if you're starting out as an entrepreneur, you need cash. You need capital to go and express your gifts. And so um, definitely that's a great way. That's a free ebook that's online. And, and uh, you know, check out my show, The Chris Miles Money Show. There's lots of little things I give on there too, like tips and strategies and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I have the link for that. So just if you can send me the link for for your show so I can put it also with the show notes. Because, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think that would be a great way as well to tune into that. Awesome. And, you know, Chris, thank you so much for being here. I mean, do you have any last words of advice? Last words of advice. See, you blew my mind. I can't even talk no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the last words, I would just say, like, just own it, love doing it, and 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 serve. That's really what it comes down to. If you're just to dumb it all down, it's just, you know, own, own your genius, you know, discover it. Of course, that's how you can own it. Um, love doing it, like live it and love it. Let that passion come out and then just focus on serving people. Like just being, just showing up to serve, like you had mentioned. And I think if you do those three key things, it's hard to be anybody that does that in business. It really is. And then, yeah, there's a little details and stuff like that that can help. But if you just do that, you could, you could be stumbling, you could be a stumbling fool or feel like you're a stumbling fool and still be making great money. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to end this episode. So Chris, thank you so much for being here, for taking your time out of your busy day to be here, to share all this great content. Uh, I mean, I know there was a couple you know, nuggets for me and I'm hoping that you know, the, the audience are going to get something out of this as well. So thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. And I also want to thank you again, you know, for being here, for, you know, sticking with us, you know, for tuning into these episodes. I really hope you got a lot of value out of it. I mean, just like Chris mentioned, you know, you know, just, you know, own your gifts, you know, you know, find out your gifts. Don't be afraid to really embody your gifts. Yes, it might be a little scary at first, but, you know, 
you owe it to yourself. You owe it to all these people you're meant to serve to really not only uncover what's, you know, what your true gifts are, but also embody it and, you know, just use them, apply them, you know, share it with the world. So with that said, you know, thank you so much for being here. Make sure to, you know, check out the other shows and the show notes at, uh, you know, abundantly-successful.com. If you like the show, you know, like it, comment, you know, leave a, you know, share it with other people. And, you know, thank you so much for being here again. And I hope you have an abundantly and successful day.